What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals podcast. And today our guest is Sensei Gilliland. Today we're talking about remote rehabs, or it's Sensei's concept of remote rehabs for busy professionals. That is turnkey real estate that maybe needs a little work on itself, but uh, cash flowing turnkey real estate that folks can buy remotely rather than buying in, say, California, where many of his clients are. Today we talk about things to look for in a turnkey market, where to invest, and not specifically where to invest, but but details to look for in those markets and what he looks for in his business, the types of properties that they buy and the strategy that they use when acquiring those properties, because that's really the important thing you wanna know. You wanna know why, not just what, but you wanna know why. Sensei also owns a number of businesses, so we discuss the, some of the lessons that he's learned as an entrepreneur and a business owner in starting all of these businesses and being successful and really what it takes, what, se what separates successful people in business from the unsuccessful. He's watched a lot of both successful and unsuccessful people over the 25 years he's been investing in real estate, and uh, we are getting those lessons today. So thanks for tuning in. For those of you who don't know, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. Love talking about real estate investing, as you can tell. And I loved doing this interview today with Sensei Gilliland. Without any further ado, here we go. Great to talk with you. Uh, for those out there who don't know about you and what you do, can you tell us about your business and experience before we get into the topic for today? Absolutely. Um, started uh, real estate training in 1994. Uh, did my first transaction of flipping properties remotely from California and Florida. Uh, and over the years, I have developed uh, different arms to my business of black belt investors. Started out as a fix and flipper. Did that uh, from 1995 to today's date. We've done over 10,000 flips. And with that, um, we have developed a lot of wholesaling systems. Um, probably one of the pioneers in wholesaling back in the 90s. Creative finance with purchase options subject to contract for deeds, lease options, sandwich lease options and such. And then back in 2000, I uh, incorporated Black Belt Investors where we're a real estate education, consulting and investment firm. And then also in 2000, we opened up Remote Rehabs where we uh, pipeline out of state investments to other investors around the world. Awesome. I love it. And today I wanted to discuss that remote rehabs uh, system, lessons, all that with our listeners today. We've talked with uh, guests in the past who have done uh, rehabs remotely. And it's a big question that comes up mm -hmm. with newer real estate investors. Say, can I flip houses or invest out of my area while I have a job? So let's talk about that. First, tell us about your program okay. so we can have more context. Yeah, remote rehabs is really a, a, a turnkey system for investors, for people that maybe lack the time and have a full-time job but want to get involved in investing, or maybe the person that doesn't have the knowledge or the skill set to be able to uh, pick up properties and evaluate them properly and have a team in place to make sure that it gets rehabbed properly and ultimately managed properly as well. Uh, so we come across a lot of different types of investors, investors anywhere that's from, you know, uh, really working class to high end earners that just 
don't want to go take a bunch of courses and learn everything about real estate investing on how to manage properties remotely. And the biggest thing is I, you know, I, I, I live uh, born, born and raised in California my office is in Southern California. And with that, you know, property prices here are so drastically different from stepping outside of our borders. So once you hit Oregon or Nevada or Arizona, prices drop dramatically. So it's very difficult for a Californian to pick up a property here in California and make a cash flow. And it's not affordable. So I can tell you right now, your average house in a low-income neighborhood is in typical upper four hundred thousand dollar range. Crazy. And with your lucky, you'll make maybe one to three percent cash on cash return <laughs> with that. So it makes no sense whatsoever to buy and hold here in California, or maybe a Boston or New York and places like that, uh, where those investors want to seek affordable housing. They want to seek strong emerging markets and they want to get double digits to returns. And that's where black belt investor steps in. Gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, you make a lot of great points in there that remotely managing a rehab, especially when you're a, a busy professional who's working you know, mm -hmm. eight to five and often more, more than that, it's very difficult. Right. I've never done it myself, but I've seen other people do it and, and I don't right. know how people get it done with their, their jobs during the day. I mean, I, is that like the main problem that you find people have if they're, you know, trying, is it, is it just business hours or, you know, what are the stumbling blocks that they're really running into if they try to do yeah, it? Yeah. The stum own? stumbling blocks is the lack of education and the lack of um, going through transactions. Uh, they just haven't gone through that how to part yet. Secondly is time. I mean, everybody's busy, right? We are, we're all super busy, and especially the majority of my clients are uh, husband and wife that have a family. And so you got kids, you know, wake up in the morning, got to go to work, got to get the kids off to school, got to pick them up from school, got to go to soccer practice. Maybe if you're lucky, you get to, you know, hit the treadmill for 15. When do you have time to hunker down and really learn all the strategies that are necessary in order to build your rental portfolio, then go out and research the markets, if you know how to research a market, and then put together a worthy team that's not gonna rip you off. You just, people just don't have the time, so they, they think and they dream about it, but with that, they never take action because they figure it's just too much work. And so they turn to a turnkey provider like Black Belt Investors and use a service called Remote Rehabs to be able to do all that research from A to Z, going from a wholesale deal that needs rehab, getting it turnkey and tenant occupied with pro, uh, professional property management in place to where basically the investor, all they have to do is pick up the remote, push play, let us go and do our job. And when they want to stop buying properties, pause us for a while. But the pause button isn't on pause very long because they see, ah, this has made it so simple. I'm earning a double digit return. Let's play again. So when you do look for markets, uh, when you're you know working with your clients and, mm -hmm. and picking them out to pick properties for your business, all that, um, what are criteria that you look for? You know, so people can understand uh, what why you select those markets. Yeah, absolutely. Affordability is number one. Uh, affordability has to be affordable to the investor. You know, we don't want to stretch them so thin where they got to stress to make a mortgage payment if the property goes vacant. You know, yeah, a lot of the markets that we're in, if you're going to make a mortgage payment, it's the same amount as my cell phone bill for the family. You know, so it's really not going to hurt a whole lot of people. 
So affordability for the owner, affordability for the tenant, and affordability for your next buyer. So if that owner landlord decides to sell that property at a later date, it's affordable to a first time home buyer. So exit strategy is extremely important to us in order to uh, get that investment for that landlord. And exit strategy comes in not only with affordability, but also with growth. Because we're, we're kind of like, we like to model ourselves the Costco of real estate. We move a lot of properties at, in bulk at affordable, at affordable rates. And it's not uncommon that we're, you know, $20,000, $25,000 less than our competition per, per door. So with that, we target markets that have growth growth in jobs, growth in infrastructure, growth in population. And that growth is what really what sustains a market. And when it comes to a market, I don't like going into linear markets. Linear market would be like, hmm, let's just say the Dakotas. Dakota's been popular the past couple of years because they found oil. What happens when the oil dries up? It's kind of like, you know, the 49ers back in uh, San Francisco. Everybody went there for gold, but the guys that made the money are the ones selling the picks and the pans, right? Mm -hmm. So I like diverse economies. That's really important to me. And so we look for that diversity because if one market sinks during a pandemic, a, a meaning a, a, a job marketplace, there might be another market in that same in that same area that rises. And so it creates a balance in the economics within that community. And that's what we're seeking. If you go to like a vacation area, that's linear. Everybody that bought into Airbnb is getting kicked between the legs right now. You know, they're mm -hmm. done. Uh, for, for the time being, right? At least for the, the rest of the year. If you go into an area like maybe Orlando, where Orlando's nothing but entertainment, they're kind of hurting right now. If you go into an area that's just strictly gambling, that's linear, they're hurting right now. So I've never been into linear markets. I like diversification when it comes to the economy. Okay, I definitely appreciate that. And when you have a, a client looking at these properties, I mean, do you usually recommend that they visit that market for themselves and, and prove it to themselves to really get to understand? Because we're always, like you mentioned, we're juggling, you know, mm -hmm. obligations in life and, you know, our time, but we also want to be careful and prudent with our money and, and make sure we were making the right decision for ourselves. So what are your yeah. thoughts about physically doing due diligence, even if you're going to invest in turnkey properties? Yeah, um, I think that's a great question because funny enough, I would say the majority, by far, the majority of people just rely on black belt investors, but I never promote that. I'll provide them all the data, everything that they ask for, but I also ask them to fact check it. Go out there and take a look at the properties. We're, we, at any given time in certain markets, we've got anywhere from 28 to 35 properties into rehab. Go take a look at them. Go take a look at the neighborhood. Go take a look at the structure. Take a look at the type of rehab we're doing. Go, go meet the team. Visit the area. Learn it so that you're comfortable with your investments. And so, yeah, many investors say, I don't care. I just want the numbers. Great. There's the numbers. But uh, we really encourage everybody to do due diligence because I don't care if you're an investor that's experienced like yourself or myself, I still do my due diligence before I put my hard-earned money somewhere. We want to make sure that we create a safety net. And we want to make sure that the client is happy um, building that portfolio so they get the returns that we promise. And that's probably why we're 
one of the very few real estate companies out there that don't have a negative review on Google. <laughs> hey, that's, that's great. That's a good sign. Um, and, and I totally agree if I'm putting shoot twenty thirty thousand dollars or more uh, at risk then it's worth uh i don't know going on my own 500 bucks plane ticket and a cheap airbnb to go at least check the place out and get to understand it it's worth proving it to yourself in my opinion but um absolutely yeah. and take a few days in vacation and check things out because sure. now it's a tax write-off <laughs> sure yeah absolutely absolutely um one of the other big questions that I think about when I think about remote real estate investing is property management. Now for my yeah. syndicated properties, we have, you know, large properties and we can get fairly sophisticated uh, property managers and all that um, for turnkeys, you know, having one, two turnkeys, is that enough to get the proper attention from a property manager? Or is there a point where, maybe you should try to have five in a market or something like that. Like, does that make uh, sense? Yeah. Yeah. I know where you're going with that. Um, I think what you're saying is they might put you on a tier or a priority scale, depending on how many properties you own. Right. Maybe if they're doing that, get rid of them, get rid of them. <laughs> if they're doing that, if they're not communicating, they should be treating every investor as a priority. I don't care if you have one or if you have 10 or 20. Okay. Every property is, is that person's investment and, and they're an asset. They're not an asset manager, but they're, they're managing your asset is what I should say. And so that is most people's retirement fund is their real estate portfolio. Mm -hmm. And so it should be treated and handled with care. Now, listen, I've been through a lot of bad property management over the years. And I've had a lot of great property managers as well. They can either be your best friend or worst enemy, no doubt. And so with that, Black Belt Investors will always take our properties first, give a trial run to a property manager when we're vetting a property manager, go a trial run. And of course, everybody does great in the beginning. I don't care who you sure. are. They talk a great game. They do the best. They want your business. You know, they don't really know who you are and they're going to test you out. And, uh, and so anyways, we do a test run and then we start trickling in properties from other investors into that property management company. Now, if, if there's something that goes wrong in that management company, then the first person that's going to know about it is my client, the investor. The second person that's going to know about it is me. And so with that, I'm able to communicate between and bridge that gap between the client and between the property manager. I can easily say that the majority of time it's the, it's the investor's fault <laughs> because most investors are, are just starting out and they've got one, two, three, maybe five properties. Um, and, and so they have a hard, hard time, um, taking the concept of property management, thinking that property management is actually there to babysit and they're not there to babysit. But then again, we have those property managers that work great in the beginning and they're building their, their portfolio with, with investors like myself. But then again, they start to get fat and lazy and sassy. <laughs> and so again, I, that's the importance of having someone like myself as a bridge in between because if I've got a management company that's not doing very well, then we cut them off and we move over to another management company. It's just like if I have an investment that's not doing very well, then I will sell that investment, move the funds over to another investment that works 
for my portfolio. So it, it is difficult in regards to picking and choosing the right property management company. And you will have to go through a series of questions and background checks in order to find out if they're a good company. But let's say for instance, you've got someone that has no idea, they're going off on their own, they're going into a market they don't know a whole lot about, I'll throw out a little tip for you. I would say hit up all the established real estate clubs and find out who they're pointing to for property management and that'll be a good path for you to take to get started. Mm, okay, okay. That's a, that's a good idea, getting, uh, getting referrals from established uh, clubs and investors in the area. Um, you do bring up a, an important point, I think, or an important question, okay. is what can a, a turnkey investor expect from you, the turnkey provider, you know, after they've closed on the property and maybe a um, year down the road, something like that? Like, yeah. What's a reasonable expectation yeah. to have? Awesome question. You know, um, I, I know a lot of the turnkey providers. Um, to my knowledge, I'm the second oldest turnkey provider out of California. And, um, and uh, like I was telling you earlier, I've been through three recessions and one pandemic in real estate. So, <laughs> so with that, I've seen a lot of people come and go. Mm -hmm. And um, I find that it's important that we do some hand-holding but not too much handholding because I want the investor to learn how to walk through real estate. I want them to eventually learn how to run if, they, if that's what they want to do. I promote you know, people to educate themselves and gain the knowledge and experience. And I, I hope someday they're better than I am in real estate. But if they need help, then we're always in their corner. Listen, we do the act, we pick up the acquisition for them. We do the rehab on the property. We get a turnkey past all the inspections, hand it over to property management company and let them manage. But if there's an issue, whether it's with the property itself, with a tenant, with the property management company or, or rehab or uh, future repairs that are needed, we're always in the corner of that investor, our client, and we don't charge for our services. You're buying the property from us is the fee that mm -hmm. uh, is charged. And but we're not going anywhere. <laughs> but you're not gonna say GC uh, a rehab or, or a, a repair on a property or something like that. I mean, you'll help them find the GC. I'm just trying to really hone down where that distinction yeah. is of you're gonna hand it off, right? Yeah, so there's a lot of companies out there that will uh, point the their client, their investor over to a GC and say, hey, you work between you and the, and the GC, the general contractor. Uh, we don't do that. We're in control of everything. We're the hub of communication because we hold leverage. We hold leverage over the, con uh, the contractors. We hold leverage over the property management companies. We hold leverage of, over title companies. We do volume. They don't want to lose our business. And if there's someone that's doing something funny, which people do, Okay, they're cut. Yeah. You know, I work like a football team. You know, my favorite team is the Denver Broncos. You suck, you're gone. We're drafting someone else onto the team. Okay. And so, so we coordinate everything. Black Belt Investors becomes the hub of communication. So if the client um, has a request, whether they want to sell a property, maybe they want to change the strategy from a, a, a rent, uh, as a rental into a lease option. If they want to uh, do some deferred maintenance on the property, then they come to us because there is nobody in the markets that can beat our pricing when it comes to any of those services. 
And then we will work directly with our contractors because we do all the scheduling for our contractors. So like I said, you know, markets on average, we got 28 to 35 rehabs going on anytime. We schedule all the contractors. We schedule property management to be at our properties. We schedule inspectors. And so clients come to us, we schedule it, we communicate, we provide uh, great communications, photos, videos, updates. And again, we beat everybody's price. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Interesting. Okay. So I'm, you know, you mentioned, uh, we, we talked a bit at the beginning of the discussion about, yeah. you know, um, busy professionals, you know, pick up the kids, all that. You don't have a lot of time left over and that's why you might invest in turnkeys. But, you know, from a, a return standpoint, you know, we have, I see it as kind of a trade-off of, you know, in real estate, you can be as active as you want as say, I don't know, a wholesaler or whatever. And then you can get into sure. super passive, which is, funds and syndications and there is a, a difference in terms of you know the return that you can generate because put a lot of labor into say wholesaling and you might earn a pretty big return on a fairly small marketing budget but you're earning that return with your labor uh, for the most part and I think as we get more passive you know, there are more people involved and maybe the returns reduce a little bit there's some trade-off there so where do you think uh, turnkey stand as like on that spectrum do you agree with that spectrum and who's it really the right fit for is it you know somebody that's five years from retirement or somebody that's 20 years from retirement type of thing yeah yeah um good loaded question there um, so here's <laughs> the thing i'm a wholesaler i do a lot of wholesaling mm -hmm. okay um i think all real estate starts at the wholesale level but what you're describing to me is someone that's possibly wanting to pick up turnkey properties, maybe has a full-time job mm -hmm. versus someone that maybe venture off in, in, in real estate that wants to do wholesaling or wants to rehab properties. Let me tell you, one is a job, one is a career choice, and the other one is building a portfolio. So you got you to gotta choose. What do you need? Do you need a paycheck or do you need a portfolio? Because if you need a paycheck, you're going to wholesale. You're going to do lease options. You're going to become a real estate agent. You're going to do fix and flips because that is a career choice. It's a business. It's more labor intensive. And if you enjoy your career and you want to stay where you're at and you've got some savings in the background and you want to build your retirement, then you're going to forget the career choice of real estate, but you're going to move over to the portfolio side of real estate. And that's where you're going to buy your rentals. You're going to buy your apartments. You're going to buy your buy into syndications or, or self-storage, or maybe you're going to do a mobile home park where it's, I never say the word passive. There's nothing passive about real estate whatsoever. It's residual income. Okay, because you do have to do some work. Mm -hmm. The only true passiveness is if you're going to be a private money lender and say, hey, here's my money, go earn me a good return, and you do nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to do syndications, yeah, there's some passiveness there. But again, you got to do your due diligence. you got to sign documents. You're probably going to hold a meeting every once in a while. There's, you know, it's a residual income. So the point that I'm trying to make is that if an individual is trying to choose whether they want a career choice in real estate or a portfolio in real estate, you got to figure out first, do you need a paycheck or a portfolio? Because if you don't have the extra cash to invest, uh, then it's easy choice. Go flip real estate. If you have the cash to invest and you're not going to stress out every month if you have a vacancy or a repair, then great. Let's move and put that money to work where you're going to earn a double digit return. 
and will buy rental properties. Yeah, I love that. You make a fantastic, absolutely. I think you make a fantastic point, right? That um, uh, the way you put it, uh, do you need a paycheck or do you need a return? It's a very good point. And um, we were talking a little bit before the show uh, about people who, busy professionals get into real estate investing or they want to, and they take a bunch of courses and then just keep taking courses and and never do anything. And does it, do you think it cut like, the reason they don't is maybe they don't have that clarity on paycheck or return. Does it have something to do with that, you know, dichotomy? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the issue. Um, what you're explaining to me, let's say you go sign up with some, some guru, right? And you go spend 60, 70, $80,000 on educational courses, which is very easy to do. Yeah. Okay. I'm one of them. I did it. I did it back in 1994. I didn't spend 80 grand, but you know, I spent 35 grand. That's a lot of money to a 25 year old, you know? Yeah. So, but I wouldn't be here today if I didn't. True. So let me, let me get to your point because you're saying, Hey, are you going to chase that shiny object object? You're going to go from all these different niches in real estate. I tell people all the time, who's been to Vegas, raise your hand. If you've been to Vegas, a lot of people <laughs> don't raise their hand. Then they're a liar because then they're just trying to hide something. Right. I'm not a gambler when I know the odds are against me, but I do like Vegas. I like checking out the architecture of new hotels. I love going to the shows and, um, and, uh, or concerts. And I love the buffets. Now, when you're standing in line at the buffet, I'm already pre-planning. I'm going to hit that island over there. I'm going to go to that island over there. I'm going to get that over there. And now it's time to get a plate. Do they give you a little tiny plate or do they give you a really big plate? They give you a big plate, right? Mm -hmm. And so that big plate represents the boot camps that you just purchased. And you go over and you take a little scoop of short sales and you take a little scoop of foreclosures and you take a scoop of wholesaling, a scoop of syndications and a scoop of, you know, uh, lease options. And you're walking back to the table with a bicep workout and boom, you sit down on the plate, you, you sample a little short, short sales, or you sample a little lease options, you sample a little this and, and you taste it and you get, you guys kind of figure out what you like and what you don't like, but you never finish that plate. All that stuff starts to mesh together. And you know what you do with that plate? You go throw away all that food or all those boot camps and you go back and get what you actually need. And there, when you know that you actually need, you know what? I just figured out. I don't need all this portfolio stuff. I need to build a business to create a a paycheck so I can take cash and parlay it over into wealth. And now, Here's where people fail in real estate. People are too freaking lazy and they don't study. You have to study. You cannot learn from YouTube University. God forbid I have a heart attack. Do I go to the doctor that learned from YouTube and took a bunch of courses? <laughs> or do I go to the doctor that went to college, grad school, and was you know, under the wing of a surgeon in a hospital? You Same go for thing the qualified guys. guys. Yeah. That's right. Can you imagine learning jujitsu from a VHS videotape? Not a chance. No way. <laughs> you, you step in the ring with someone and you're going to get the snot beat out of you, right? Yeah. Same yeah. thing goes with real estate, guys. You got to study it and you got to put it into action because there's a big difference from knowledge and wisdom. And whiz, all wisdom is is knowledge put into action. All wisdom is, is knowledge put into action. I like that. I, I think a lot of those programs, uh, the, the buffet style, like you mentioned, you know, they, they don't 
teach quite as much the um the, 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 that you need to focus on these things and go, you know, make them happen rather than continuing to take these programs. Like you got to pick one and quit looking around and go work on it to, to make it work. Yeah. See it all the time. I, I agree with you. Look, Black Belt Investors offers nine different uh, courses. We're getting ready to add a 10th one on. And it's not the catalyst of Black Belt Investors. Properties are catalysts. The investments are. But here's what I found that most people also tend to fail in real estate is when they take these boot camps, they understand the theory. They understand the concept. What they don't understand is how to run a business. And so when we teach how to flip properties, whether it's wholesaling or rehabbing or subject to find, we teach you how to run a business along with the concepts. And that's a big difference. So what do you mean, uh, don't know how to run a business? Like in the sense of, say, the E-Myth, which I talk about all the time because I love that book, is mm-hmm. you know, working on the business, not in the business, or what, is that, what does that mean to you? That means if Maria knows how to make the best tacos in the world, and I agree with Maria, and her family and her friends agree with Maria, say, you make the, man, your tacos are the bomb, you should open up a restaurant, doesn't mean she should open up a restaurant. If she doesn't know how to do taxes, if she doesn't know how to lease a property, if she doesn't know how to, you know, do a P&L sheet, if she doesn't know how to uh, do inventory, she's going to fail before she gets started. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. So it's all this stuff beyond uh, making the best tacos out there. It's like you said, running, doing the finances and probably marketing and the actual operations of the business. Absolutely. I know that because I'm a serial entrepreneur. I own several businesses and, and people ask me all the time, how do I do that? How can, how do I have enough time to run black belt investors, a chain of martial art and boxing gyms, a marketing company, a property management company? You know, I, how, do, how do I have time to do that? Because I understand business and, and, and for that, it's because of trial and error. It's because of studying. It's going out there and scraping my knees and getting back up and doing it again over and over and over again. And seeking counsel by far is extremely important. Now that I know how to operate a business, I don't care what the product or service is. All I have to do is swap those things out because the business almost runs the same for each. So now going back to what you say in the e-myth, now I can oversee those businesses, not so much be in the business. Hmm. So it almost sounds like the, to you, the e-myth concept comes a bit, uh, a bit later down the line, once you get all of the, the pieces kind of in place and then you get to, you know, oversee them, like you said, or uh, I'm just trying to make sure. I, uh... yeah, at least for me, absolutely. I think it's important if people are going to get into business, um, that they do all the job titles required in that business. And most people have to, because most people aren't born into money. They can't immediately hire a staff. You are, you know, the receptionist, the database manager, the social media marketing manager, the acquisitionist, the, the deal finder, the, the content provider, and the president, because that's what it says on your business card. You're wearing all these different hats the whole time. And I think that's awesome because that's going to either make you or break you. It's going to weed the garden. Do you have what it takes to be an entrepreneur? And if you can get all that done, great. Start making some money in your business. Instead of taking money and uh, spending that money on spinning rims for your Pinto, why not take that money (laughs) and reinvest it into your business and hire someone to do some maintenance like a database manager? 
make some more money and hire your social media marketer. So you're not spending the time doing that so that you can focus your efforts on the creativity and on the production side, not being busy being busy, but busy being productive. And you get to a point where your team's strong enough to where you can kind of step out and oversee and step in when you need to, to fine tune and step back out again. So I'm able to step into these different businesses that I have fine tune because it's kind of like a bicycle wheel. You have a hub and then you have all these spokes sticking out of the hub that connects to a rim, which also has a tire around the rim, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm kind of the hub in a way and I'm also on the outside of that rim. So I can step in and take a look at these different spokes and if a, a spoke gets out of out of whack, I can tighten it up a little bit or I can straighten it out and I can step out and go over to another business and do the same thing, go to another business and do the same thing. So I'm constantly being productive and I work long hours. Guys out there, listen, if you think you're going to live that pipe dream of the infomercial of, hey, let's do the, let's get into real estate and only work a few hours a week. <laughs> entrepreneurs work 80 hours a week hoping that they work 40 hours a week someday i'm i'm the guy working 80 hours a week plus because i love it i love it and also because i kind of have to i've got my hands in a lot of different businesses but that's me wow i love that right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor all right sensei i've got three questions i ask every guest on the show are you ready uh yeah let's go i hope so first one what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education oh i have two that jump out of my mind i'm sorry i'm gonna have to say two um sure. dedicating myself to christ and marrying my wife fair enough on the other side of that <laughs> yeah. all right fair enough <laughs> makes sense uh on the other side of that we had the best investments what is the worst investment you ever made? Uh, the worst investment I ever made. So many to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> um, the worst investment I ever made is probably, definitely, it's, it has nothing to do with real estate. And honestly, it has nothing to do with business. I think it was dedicating myself more as a father and a husband to my kids in the very beginning of life of, of, my, of my life of marriage that's probably the biggest one in my life yeah for sure listen <laughs> if your house doesn't work if your house your household doesn't work properly your business is not going to work properly mm, so the the mistake was uh not putting enough dedication in if i understand yes because i was a workaholic absolutely ah. i put my business in front of my family that was my mistake Thanks for helping me clear that up. I put my business in front of my family when I should always have my family first. Gotcha. Makes sense. In line with the answer to the first question. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? Trying. Getting out there and just doing. It's, it's not the books. It's not the tapes. It's not the, you know, eight tracks. It's not listening to counseling. It's just getting out there and doing it. That's the biggest lesson because listen, as I mentioned earlier, if I, if I were to take, if everybody came to me and said, Hey, since I want to learn how to kickbox, I said, great, this group over here, let me give you all the tapes, the books, the videos, the audio. And I want 
five years worth of study, five days a week, five hours a day, and they do it religiously. You know what? They're now the kickboxing opedia of martial arts. <laughs> and I go to another group and I go, hey guys, just come to my gym for five, five weeks, one hour a day, five days a week. Now the tale of tape is this. It's, it's competition day. They step in the ring, they toe the line. They're basically a clone of each other. Same weight, same height, same skill set, same agility, same arm length, same everything. But one key difference. We've got people that are book smart and we've got people that are action smart. Who do you think is going to win that match? The guys that learn from the books or the guys that actually were in the gym? Guys that were in the gym. Get out there and do it. Nice. I love that. Sensei, thank you for joining us today. If folks want to get in touch with you, they want to learn more about your, your programs, education, your you know investments, all that, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find us at blackbeltinvestors.com, blackbeltinvestors.com. Or if you want to learn more about remote rehabs, then go to remoterehabs.com or simply give us a call at 951 280 1900. We always offer a one-time free strategy session. And if you're on this podcast today, please mention the podcast and we'll send you out a free cash on cash or return on investment or a fix and flip calculator you choose. Nice. I love that. Those tools are always super valuable and I definitely appreciate you providing that offer to our listeners. Thank you for joining us once again to everybody out there. Thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And this, like many other, other of our interviews, was live streamed on YouTube. If you want to join us in the future, look us up on YouTube, Passive Wealth Strategies. You'll be able to find us. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Once again, if you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Take care. Have a great rest of your day and a great week. And we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.